God has been good. Hasn't he been good to us? Amen. This is a wonderful day today just to come and celebrate the beginning of a brand new year. I want you to turn in your Bibles, if you would, to the book of Isaiah, to the book of Isaiah, chapter 43, chapter 43. And I want you to look at something that I think is so powerful today in Isaiah 43. Here's what the prophet said in Isaiah 43. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Everybody say, new thing. New thing. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way. Everybody say, make a way. I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Now, I, I don't know about you, but, but I, I've always asked the question, you know, why do, people, why do people really love a new year? Think about it, it's just a, another day. Mm-hmm. And I suppose the first reason why I like the new year is because I'm always looking for an excuse to throw a party. I'm always looking for an excuse to sing. I'm always looking for an excuse to dance. I'm always looking for excuses to stay up a little later at night. I'm always looking for an excuse to eat. I mean, eat whatever I want as much as I want. How many of you ate a little bit too much for the holidays? Yeah, I'm always, you you ask an Italian to eat and man, they'll be ready because we love to eat. And we love to celebrate. We're just people who love to celebrate. But I I think the reason why people love the new year is because consciously or subconsciously, we love to press the button to start all over again. We love to press the button to just give us another opportunity. We love to press the reset button when the new year comes. Whether it was good or bad. If it was good, we want to press the reset button and say, give me another one of those years, Lord. If the the year was bad, we want another try at it. If we made some mistakes in 2017, we want to try a little better in 2018. We love to press the reset button in our lives. And deep down in our hearts, we anticipate something new. And all of us, mostly all of us, love new. I love a new car. How many of you love a new car? And if you can't get yourself a new car, maybe it's a 1986, it's beat up, it's got 200,000 miles, you get that little spray in the bottle and you spray the car so you get at least get that new smell. You know what I'm talking about. Mm. And you close your eyes and you, and you drive your car and it's a Maserati, it's a 2018, and you call those things that are not as though they are, because you like them. I like to get new clothes for Christmas. How many of you got some new stuff for Christmas? Anybody got some new clothes for Christmas? You got new clothes for Christmas? What'd you get for Christmas? What did you, oh, oh my goodness. Well, let me see it. Wow, look at that nice scarf you got there. This, this for Christmas. <laughs> Wow, Pastor Henry, I got you a new scarf. (laughs) 
Praise God. Look at that. Look how nice he looks in that scarf. Thank you very well. Thank you very much. It's more blessed to give than to receive. Come on. Give that young lady a big hand for giving Pastor Henry a scarf. We, we like new clothes. We like new cars. We just like new things in our life. Us men, we like our new toys. Come on, men. You know, you know what I'm talking about. You like your new toys for Christmas. You women like your new toys. You like your new appliances. Men, do not get your wife an appliance for Christmas. But they still like it. And the truth is, it's, it's really a part of our creative nature. Because God is a God of the new. He loves new. He creates everything with a seed of a new beginning. Think about it. God created time. And at the end of every second, there's a, a new, there's a new second. And at the end of every 60 seconds, there's a new. And at the end of every 60 minutes, there's a new. And at the end of every 24 hours, there's a new. And at the end of every week, there's another. Ah, week. And at the end of every month, there's a new. And at the end of every year, there's a new. And at the end of every season, there's a new season. And at the end of a life, there is a new birth. And at the end of this world, there will be a new heaven and a new earth. Listen what the Bible says in Revelation chapter 21. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And there was no longer any sea. And I saw a holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed like a husband. And and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. And he who is seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Everybody say everything new. God is going to make everything new, a new earth, a new heaven, a new dwelling place for God and for us, new bodies. We're going to shed this body of ours and we're going to put on new bodies. And the Bible says when we get to heaven, we're going to see Jesus face to face. You know, the truth of the matter is we talk about seeing Jesus and we talk about a new heaven and a new earth, but nobody wants to die to get there. But it's going to be so glorious because it's all about new, new joy, new everything. God is going to make all things new. And new really sounds good. New brings with it great opportunity. New brings with it great possibilities and great potential. And now it might sound exciting to everybody, but the truth is it can be a bit scary. Why? Because the truth is also with new comes the unknown. New brings change. New brings new responsibilities. New opportunities always bring new responsibilities. And as a result of that, sometimes it can get scary. And the truth is, sometimes we get stuck in the old. We can get so stuck in the old that it can paralyze us and keep us from moving forward into the new things that God has in our lives. Somebody say amen. 
That's why God commanded the people of Israel, remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The people of Israel had had some big wins in their life. They had also suffered greatly in their lives. And at this point in Israel, they were in rebellion. As a result of that, God turned them over to the Babylonians. And now it is a very, very hard time in their life. They're placed into bondage. The, the, the walls of Jericho are burnt down. The temple is destroyed. And they're looking back at their lives and they're looking back at the past. And all they can see is misery and pain. And God, through the prophet Isaiah, gives them a promise, gives them a new hope. And he says, don't dwell on the past. Don't get stuck in the past, whether it's good or bad. You know, sometimes we can get stuck in the good. The good old days. Tell me something. When were the good old days? The good old days. We can get stuck in our victories. We can get stuck in the things that God did yesterday in our life. We can cling to those things. Some churches cling to the past. They don't want to sing any new songs. They don't want to do anything different. They don't want to do anything creative. But I thank God that God is a creative God and he puts in the souls of these young men and young women. He puts in the souls of people that they could be creative and create new things. And I don't want to get stuck in the old. I want to celebrate the new. I want to be creative in my life. Yeah, I love some of the old songs and I, and I love the fact that the Bible never changes. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But God gives us a creative heart to give us a new song, a new journey, a new faith, a, a, a new willingness to say, yes, Lord, I'm believing you for something new in my life. We can't get stuck in the past. See, sometimes we can really become afraid of the new, that we're not willing to move into the new and we want to stay in the desert. See, the people of, of Israel, they weren't supposed to get stuck in the desert. They were supposed to pass through the desert and get into the promised land. It was just a pass, passing moment or season in their life when they were supposed to go from Egypt to the promised land. But they got stuck in the desert. And as a result of that, they started to think desert thinking. They got started to live in a desert mentality in which now they got stuck believing that God couldn't give them anything more than manna. Now, I like manna. Listen, I like manna in the fact that God, he provided for the people of Israel every day. But after a little while, having manna for breakfast and having manna for lunch and having manna for dinner, manna, mama, me, a manna, always manna, manna, manna. After a while, I want something fresh. I want something new. I want something that God has promised to give me in the promised land. See, but they got used to the manna and that's all that they were satisfied with. Just give me enough to get by. You know, there's some Christians that have a enough just to get by mentality. They got used to the cactus. They got used to just, just getting by and they forgot that God had promised them so much more in their life. 
And I think there's so many Christians that get stuck and just getting by with just a little, not realizing or maybe forgetting the promises of God, that God said, I will supply all your needs according to my riches in glory. Not just a little, but man, in my heavenly storehouse, there's enough of everything. And God is such a great God. He's such an awesome God. He's such a gracious God. He's such a generous God that he wants to pour you out a blessing that you cannot contain. Somebody help me out and say amen, glory. God. And my friends, sometimes we get so used to where we are and what we're doing that we settle for so much less in our life. But God is saying to you today, he's saying to me today, leave yesterday behind. Stop clinging to the past and start looking to the new thing that I want to do in you. And what was it that God actually promised the people of Israel? What was God going to do for his people? What was this new thing that God was going to do for Israel? Notice what it says. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And this morning, I believe that God is about to do something new in each one of us. But let's look a little closer at the three promises that God makes. Number one. God says something new is going to happen in your life and it's going to spring forth. Now, now notice something. When Isaiah wrote this, the people of Israel were in total disarray. They were totally discouraged. They couldn't see anything. All they could see is misery. All they could see is pain. But in the prophet's heart, because it came from the heart of God, there was something that would spring forth. That's vision. Being able to call those things that are not as though they are. Where did God give them that promise? In the desert. You see, we need to make sure that we have clear vision. We need to envision what God has promised for us. We need to have clear vision because vision is a picture of a preferable future. Here's where I am today, God. I'm in a desert situation in my life, Lord God. It seems like there's death all around me, God. But I'm believing you for life, God. I'm believing for something that's springing up in my spirit, springing up in my soul. Jesus said, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And you've got to have faith on the inside. You've got to believe that God is a good God, that God is a gracious God, that God is a willing God, that God wants to do something new in your life, that he wants to do something that will surprise you, that the Bible says that eye has not seen nor ear has heard what has entered into the heart of man, what God is preparing for those who really love him. And I believe that God is saying to someone in this room today, get ready, look a little closer, because something that you buried Something that you buried away, something that you simply decided that was dead and gone, something that died in the desert, something that died in the desert of discouragement, the desert of despair, the desert of disillusionment is about to be resurrected in your life. Come on, somebody. It's about to be restored and revived and renewed in your life. Why? Because God is a God that resurrects the old. Hallelujah. That resurrects something that you, God has given you in the beginning. It was a promise. That's what Resurrection Day is all about. That God made a promise that through the Son, through His Son, we celebrated that last week, through His Son, that 
he would come into the world and he would crush the head of the enemy and he would give us life and that life more abundantly. And on the third day, resurrection day, Jesus proved that God's word was true and he resurrected the hopes of everyone in the world that someday Jesus would come and die on the cross. On the third day, he would rise from the dead and he would conquer sin, death, and the grave. We celebrate that. We celebrate resurrection living. And I'm here to tell you today that God is about to resurrect a dream in your life. He's about to resurrect vision in your life. He's about to resurrect hope in your life to believe that what he's promised will come to pass in your life. Somebody say amen. Glory to God. And where does he do that? Right in the middle of the desert. The people were in total disarray. But God once again says, I'm going to bring joy in your life. See, where there was joy at one time, there was heartache and despair. Where there was one strength and confidence, there was fear and defeat. But God said, I'm about to do a new thing in Israel where nothing grows, where, where there is no life, where there is no water, where there is no vegetation. I'm going to do amazing things. I'm going to bring back to life new hope and strength. I'm going to bring back those things that I, I promised long ago. And you know, uh, last year, and you guys, you, you really need to prepare yourself. I'm going to be going back to Israel probably 2019, no later than 2020, Lord willing. And it was so amazing to go to the land of Israel. You see, before the people of Israel settled in the land of Israel in 1948 and it became a nation, it was a desert wasteland. It was just a place where you would go from one country to another and you would just go through the desert. There was nothing there but death, nothing. But you see, God always keeps his promise. And he promised the people of Israel that they would go back to their land. He promised the people of Israel that in the desert, he would produce a way where there was no way, that he would produce water, springs, rivers of water. And now, if you go back to Israel, he was talking spiritually, but he was also talking physically. If you visit the land of Israel, you will be absolutely amazed at the promise and miracle of God in this desert, in the middle of a wasteland. The people of Israel, even though many of them are not serving the Lord, but God always keeps his promise. Now you go back to Israel and there's vegetation and there's fruit and there's prosperity and there's blessing. And so many of the great things that are happening in the world are coming out of the land of Israel. Today, why? Because when God makes a promise, He keeps His promise. Somebody say, Amen. Glory to God. And this morning, I want to ask you a question What has died in your life today? Be honest with me. Maybe it's a dream that God gave you long ago. Maybe it's the joy that you once had in your salvation. Maybe it was a spiritual passion that you had for Jesus. At one time, you were on fire for God. You were committed to reading God's word. You were committed to praying and seeking God's face. You were active in sharing your faith. But somewhere along the line, somewhere between the promised land and the desert, you started to lose your passion for Jesus. And now something's been lost in your life. And God wants to resurrect it back in your life again. That's why tomorrow morning, I want to encourage you, every one of you in this room, I want to encourage you to join me on this journey of reading through the New Testament. Somebody might say, well, why don't you 
start in the Old Testament because we've got to get some wins under our belt. Why? Because if we started in Genesis, you'd get through Genesis and you'd have a great time. You'd get through Deuteronomy, you might have a good time. You'd get through Leviticus and you'd start falling asleep and you'd give up. So I want to get some wins under our belt. Come on, somebody. Now, I love the Old Testament, but let's start with the New Testament first. Amen. And so I want to encourage every one of you in this room to join me on this journey tomorrow. It's just two chapters a day. That's all. You know, here's the truth. One day we're going to give an answer to God for the fact that God blessed America with so many Bibles, that we've got so many Bibles on our shelf, and so many of us never read the Word of God. And there are people in China that don't even have one chapter, one verse of the Bible. We're going to give an account for that, folks. God has given us so much of his word. And I promise you that if you begin to read the word, you will find the answers to your life. You will find everything you need to know in the word of God. Everything, every question, every situation will be answered in the New Testament. I promise you, take the journey with me. Two chapters a day. We've got our smartphones. And listen, read it, listen to it. On the way to work, put your, put your, you know, your earplugs on and just, just go ahead and, and listen to what God's word is saying. And let's do it all together as a church. I'm going to be doing it. I read through the New Testament constantly. I read through the Bible constantly. But we're taking this journey together. So tomorrow morning, I'm starting with Matthew chapter 1, the genealogies of Jesus. Why are the genealogies of, of Jesus and the genealogies found in the Bible so important? Because it tells us that God keeps his promise through the ages. Amen? How many of you in this room, you're going to join me on this journey of reading through the New Testament? Hey, let's, 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 be, let's make ourselves accountable to one another. If you're going to join me in this journey of reading the New Testament, stand to your feet right now. I want to pray for you that God would begin to open your eyes, illuminate your heart, that God would speak to your life. Listen to me. You, every answer that you need, every question that you have is found in the Bible. Questions about marriage. Questions about whether you should stay married, questions about divorce, questions about the family, questions about finances, questions about peace, questions about directions, all found in the Bible. You just have to read it. Two chapters every day, just two chapters, and we're going to do this as a journey all together as a church. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray right now, God, Lord Jesus, that you would bless us as we take this journey of reading your word, Father. God, give us courage, Lord. I pray, God, that, that, that if someone doesn't read the Bible, Lord, that day, give them insomnia, Lord God. Don't, don't let them sleep, Lord God, till they open up your word, Father, and they read it, God, because I believe with all my heart, God, that it will change their life, God. I believe it will change their vision and their focus and give them the answers they've been looking for, God. Father, so let your anointing fall upon our Bible reading, Father. And Lord, we pray that you would change us as a result of it. In Jesus' name, I pray. And everyone said, come on, give the Lord a clap offering. Hallelujah. You may be seated. And so I, I believe that, that God wants to resurrect something new in your life. Maybe it's your marriage at one time. It was springing with life and love, and it's, now it's almost dead. Maybe it was your faith. It was your confidence. At one time, you really believed God for the impossible, but now you're like that man who cries out, I believe. Father, help my unbelief. Somewhere between the promised land and the desert, something died. But stop right now. Just ask yourself the question, what died in me? 
that needs to be resurrected again. Maybe it's hope. Maybe it's hope that you would find that right person in your life. Maybe it's hope for the future. Maybe it's love. Maybe it's vision. But God is saying to you this morning, leave the past behind. Forget what's behind today, right now. I want to do a new thing in your life. Reach out. Reach up and grab a hold of the new thing that I want to do in your life. It's springing up and it's happening right now. Number two, secondly, God said to the people of Israel, I will make a way right in the middle of the desert. So number one, it's springing up. It's happening. There is a seed of a new beginning inside of all of you today. It's there. It's springing up. God sees something in you. Your pastor sees something in you. There's great potential and possibility for a new thing in your life. But God says, I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it in the desert. I'm going to do it in the most difficult place of all in your life. See, I know that some of us, we really want God to airlift us out of the desert and take us out of that situation. We, we would love for God to airlift us out of our marriage and take us out of that situation. We'd love God to airlift us out of that painful situation in our life, that, that fiery trial in our life. We want God to airlift us out of the situation because, you know, a lot of times instead of getting into the situation and staying committed to the situation, we want to run. Why? Because we're really good at running. When we see the giants in the land, we run right back into the desert again. We run right back into where we were. But the truth of the matter is God is saying to you today that I do my best work in the hardest times of your life, in the most difficult situations of your life. Don't run away from that situation, but begin to thank God that God's going to give you grace in that situation, that God's going to give you peace in that situation, that God's going to use that situation, even though it's a very difficult situation in your life. God does his best work in the desert situations in your life, where it seems like there's death all around you, where it seems like there's no hope. There's hope that springs up within you. And friend, I want you to know the greatest thing that you can do is begin to glorify God and thank God, even in the midst of your very difficult situation situation and say, God, I'm going to trust you with all my heart. I'm not going to lean on my own understanding. I'm not going to run away, but I'm going to stay here. I'm going to fight my battles. I'm going to hold my ground. I'm going to keep my faith. I'm going to keep on praising you. I'm going to keep on loving you. And God, you can use me, God. And if you get more glory when I go through the fire, then I'll be glad to dance in the fire because I'll know that you're with me and you're never going to forsake me. You're never going to leave me. And you're going to do your best work in the middle of my fire. Glory to God. Some of you are going through a fiery trial in your life. You need to be like those three Hebrew boys. Even if God doesn't airlift me out of this trial, I'm still going to praise the Lord. Even if God doesn't take me out of this situation, I'm going to still glorify God. Because God gets the most glory when we die to ourselves. And we say, God, no matter what it takes, Lord, even in the desert, Lord, I'm going to trust you. And thirdly, God promises us that he's going to provide for us a river in the desert. So it's springing forth. Can you sense it? Can you feel it this morning? Look at me. Can you feel it this morning that God is about to do a new thing in your life? Hallelujah. That's faith. I'm anticipating. That's why I love 
what God does at Bethlehem Assembly of God because he's always doing something new. I, I want to see the new that God's going to do in this church. I want to see the new that God does in my personal life. I want to see the new that God does in my marriage. I want to see the new that God does in my daughter's lives. I want to see the new that God does in Ellie's life. Every day something's new with Ellie. That's the joy. But what does he tell us? He promises us that he's going to give us a river in the desert. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. What is that new thing? Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way. I will make a way where there is no way, he said. Where you think that it's impossible, I'm going to make a way. That's what's called a miracle. If it's possible without God, it's not a miracle. And so some of you face impossible situations in your life. And God says, I'm going to make a way in that impossible situation. You keep on believing. You keep on trusting. You keep on praying. You keep on envisioning rivers in the desert. It's always been about water. Think about it. The need for water in the desert. The people of Israel walking through the desert. And what do they need? They need water. And they cry out, I need water. But God says, I'm going to send you not just a puddle, not just a little spring. I'm not going to send you just a little bit of water from a rock. I'm not going to send you just a pond, not even a lake. But I'm about to send you rivers of water, living water, water teeming with life. The source of life is water. Listen to me carefully. How awesome was God? How incredibly generous and gracious and merciful was God, our wonderful father. After all, the Israelites had done, after God disciplines them for their rebellion, God cries out, I'm going to send you rivers in the desert. I'm going to renew and restore and revive your hope. Listen what the, the, the prophet Isaiah cries out. He says, the poor and needy seek water, but there is none. Their, their tongues fail for thirst. I, the Lord, will hear them. I, the God of Israel, will not forsake them. And I will open up rivers in desolate heights. Listen to me. God is about to open up rivers in desolate places in your life. God's about to do something new in your life. He's going to surprise you. The, the Holy Spirit is saying to you today, stop going to those places where there are polluted waters. Stop trying to get water from a rock. Come to me, Jesus says, and I'll give you springs of living water in places that you never imagined in your life. He said, I, the God of Israel, will not forsake them. I will open up rivers and desolate heights and fountains in the midst of the valleys. And I will make the wilderness a pool of water and the dry land springs of water. And I will plant in the wilderness the cedar and the acacia tree and the myrtle and the olive tree. And I will set in the desert the cypress tree and the pine and the box tree together. And they may see it and know. You know why he talks about trees? Because everywhere there is water, there is fruitfulness. He says, I'm going to let trees spring up. You go to Israel today, you'll see trees in the desert, places where it's not supposed to produce certain kinds of trees. And the hand of the Lord has done this, they will say, and the Holy One of Israel has created it. You see, he's the God of restoration today. He's the God of revival. 
God is the God of plenty, the God of bounty. He said, I will send rivers of blessing, rivers of provision, rivers of grace, rivers of mercy, rivers of life. Where the river goes, the Bible tells us there is life. If you notice in the book of Ezekiel, we find that the river, the river begins to flow so high and so mighty that it touches the nations. And the Bible says there are trees by the river that produce incredible fruit. And I want you to know today that God in 2018, God wants you to be fruitful in your life. How many of you are believing that God is going to give you a fruitful 2018? Hallelujah. God wants you to be fruitful in your life. He wants you to be effective and productive in your life. He's speaking about his powerful, glorious, magnificent spirit. As the Bible says, he's speaking about new life through Jesus who sends us the Holy Spirit to revive our thirsty souls, to quicken our dead hearts, to renew and strengthen us so that we can mount up with wings like eagles. And Jesus said, out of our hearts will flow rivers of living water. What is he talking about here today? I believe that God is talking about the Holy Spirit actively working in our life again. Jesus said, springs of living water will flow out of you and in you. Why did Why did God say rivers? Every word means something in the word of God. Why didn't he say a lake? Why didn't he say a puddle? Because a lake can dry up. A spring can dry up. But a river, a river keeps on flowing. Glory to God. See, because a river receives, it takes in and it releases. It takes in and it releases. It takes in and it releases. And I believe today that God is saying, I want to pour out my spirit upon all flesh again. I want to send the power, the anointing of the Holy Spirit back into your life again so that you can have anything that you need when you need it. Why? Because it's the Holy Spirit that gives us the joy that we need. It's the Holy Spirit that gives us the peace. Even when we're in the desert, even when we're in a difficult place, it is is the joy of the spirit that wells up within us. It is the peace of the spirit that wells up within us. It is the patience and long suffering. It is the self-control. It's the fruit and power of the person of the Holy Spirit working in our life that causes springs of water to flow out, even death all around us. It flows in us and through us, so it brings life to those around us. Come on, somebody. You see, we, the truth of the matter is, as the, as the worship team comes, we live in a very very dry and thirsty land. The psalmist said, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs for you, O God. We live in a desert land. Oh, America has so much, but there are people that are thirsty for true love. There are people all around us that are thirsty for peace. There are people all around us that are, that are hungry for something real, something deep, something powerful in their life. And they're dying all around us because we live in the desert. But we, the people of God, we have a flow of the anointing of the Holy Spirit that comes upon us to give us renewed strength again. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Teach me, Lord, to wait upon the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. And I'm here to tell you today that you might be in a dry place. You might be in an empty place today. You might be in a place where you, you, you feel like everything's died all around you. 
But I'm telling you today that the Holy Spirit wants to touch you again. He wants to anoint your life again so that spring of living water will flow out of you and it'll touch people all around you and you'll find everything that you need. So here I am today to tell you that here in this place right now, the Holy Spirit is about to do something new in your life. Come on, somebody. I want you to close your eyes right now. I want you to close your eyes and begin to to envision the new thing that God wants to do in your life. Forget what is in the past. Today is that new moment for God to do something new in your life. Maybe you feel like your soul is dry. You're running on empty. Come this morning to God because he's about to do a new thing in your life. It's springing up right now. You say, Pastor, I, I want God to do something new in my life. I'm believing God for the new. I'm believing God to revive something in my spirit, something in my soul. And I want the Holy Spirit to do that work in my life right now. I want you to stand to your feet and say, yes, Lord, I'm ready for 2018. I'm ready for something new. Come on, stand to your feet right now. Thank you, Jesus. How many of you would say, yeah, man, I'm ready for a new thing in my life. I, I'm, I'm ready for that new thing that God wants to do. I'm not holding on to the past. And sometimes we hold on to victory. Sometimes we hold on to pain. Sometimes we hold on to unforgiveness. Sometimes we hold on to bitterness. But God is saying, forget what's behind and press on today. If that's you today, say, yes, man, I'm ready for God to do a new thing. This is 2017. We're on the doorstep of 2018. You say, yes, I'm ready for the new thing in my life that God wants to do. I want you to get out of your seat, come to this altar. Let's start the year off at the altar of God today. Let's finish 2017 at the altar. Let's start 2018 at the altar. I want you to get out of your seat right now and say, yes, Lord, I'm ready for that new thing in my life. Come on, quickly, quickly, all over this place, even in the balcony today. If you're in the cafe today, this morning, I want you to get out of your seat if you're in the cafe, and I want you to move forward to the front of the cafe. There's going to be some pastors there that want to pray for you. But you say, yes, Lord, I want something new to have. I'm ready for the new in my life. Come on, get out of your seat right now. Come, come all over this place today. Say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Come on. If you're in the balcony today, you say, I'm ready for the new thing in my life. I want you to get out of that balcony today and come down and come up to this altar right here and say, yes, Lord, I'm ready for the new today in my life. I'm ready for the new, Lord. I'm believing you for new. Come on, press in a little bit closer. Thank you, God. From glory to glory, from glory to glory, God, we're ready for something new, Lord. Some of you, you've had a, a really tough 2017 some of you have had a, a, a series of years that were hard. And you're, you're praying, you're believing God for something new. Hey, listen, God, before he does something outside of you, he does something inside of you that's new. And the truth of the matter is, is God is more interested in what's happening on the inside than he is on the outside. No matter what happened in your life in 2017, Whatever bad news, whatever situations happened in your life, today is the day we leave it at the altar and we say, thank you, Lord God. I'm expecting and believing something new in my life. Maybe you're here today with every head bowed, every eye closed. You say, Pastor Steve, I'm not certain if I die today, I'd go to heaven. And the first thing I need is new life. The first thing I need is, is a new hope that if I die, I'm going to heaven. 
and I need Jesus Christ to be the Savior and Lord of my life. I want, you to, I want you to raise your hand right now and say, pray for me, Pastor. You're here today. You say, I'm not sure if I die today, I'd go to heaven. And I need Jesus to be my Savior. Raise your hand right now. I want to pray for you. And if your hand is raised today, I'm going to pray for you right now. And you're going to invite Jesus to be the Lord of your life. And, and when Jesus comes into your life, you never have to fear again. You never have to fear that you're going to go to heaven. Because the Bible tells us that we're saved by grace and grace alone. That's it. It's the finished work of the cross. And if you accept Jesus as your Savior, he will come in. He'll never leave you and he'll never forsake you. So I want you to pray with me right now. I want you to pray this simple prayer. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins to give me new life. I receive that new life that is found in you alone. Forgive me for my sins and be my Savior. I receive you as my Lord. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a clap offering. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.